the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to Extreme Carolina, the show that focus on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It is time for some good news you can use. And today we are just so blessed and honored to have an amazing guest on the show today. And uh, it is a uh, a lady. Uh, she's a head coach. Uh, matter of fact, she's the head coach of Young Harris uh, Women's Lacrosse Team. And uh, some of you people are saying lacrosse. What, what's that? <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a pretty cool game. And uh, she's the head coach of the team. And uh, what I'm going to let everyone know is that Sam, her name is Samantha Hurley, but we like to call her Sam. Sam, in her first year at head, as a head coach, took the team from they weren't in the playoffs the previous year to being in the playoffs and then giving it a heck of a run before it was over for them. So uh, Samantha, she started uh, her career back in Roanoke College. And she was assistant there for three years. Then she went on to Mercer University to be their assistant coach. And in her fourth year right now as the Young Harris head coach of the women's lacrosse team, let's give an amazing welcome to Samantha Hurley. Samantha, good morning. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fantastic it is a great day and we're was awesome to have you here uh in the show today and we're just so excited and this is i mean this is sort of you know a lacrosse head coach a women's head coach is probably something that a lot of us don't run across a lot but i mean but you know but lacrosse is a pretty good game and it's known and especially in a lot of the the schools that are on the East Coast, you know, I mean, of course, we don't want to talk about that infamous men's lacrosse team. You know, we don't, we don't want to go there. But anyway, uh, there's a, some others and women are doing it. So now you're doing it. So here's a question right off the bat that I'm sure a lot of folks would like to know. Wow, she's a women's head coach lacrosse. What was the first time you knew that you were going to be a lacrosse player that, you know, you was just growing up as a little girl. I want to play that. Yeah. Um, I started playing when I was in the second grade. Um, so pretty early on, but I, I did every sport under the sun. And I, I don't think it was till high school that I realized that that's where I found the most joy in, in that sport. And with those teammates, when I decided, Hey, I want to continue this after, high school. So I've been playing it my whole life. Um, and then when I started realizing that like, Oh, I'm, I'm not that bad. Um, <laughs> you know, I decided to continue with it. Wow. Yeah. So you did all that when you were back in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and uh, which is where you're from. So, and wow. So it, it went on from there. 
So you yes. said you, you went to college and how did it, what, what happened there in, in college? Was it everything okay? Um, kind of. So I went to college at Lock Haven University, which is also in Pennsylvania. Um, they were a nationally ranked team, um, best decision I've ever made. But during my career, I blew out my knees. So I missed a year and a half of playing. Um, and that's probably, you know, where I probably truly started coaching, um, just having a different perspective on the field, on the sideline, mm-hmm. um, talking to our coaches more. So right. it was a great college career, you know, had in the middle, you know, had uh, the injury and everything and it wasn't great. But looking back on it, it's kind of where I am now. Mm-hmm. I know back then, right in the middle of it, though, or just before the middle of it, when you did get hurt, I bet it was killing you. I got to get back in the game. I, I need to be in the game on the sideline. I mean, did that happen? You said, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a low point of, you know, just being frustrated and mad at myself and, you know, just wanted to put my leg back together and get back <laughs> out there. So it definitely was not all positivity and sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. But like you said, that was when your career at that point pivoted. And it took another turn and yep. uh, because you weren't thinking about being a head coach at that point, you just enjoying playing. Mm-hmm. And so what happens to us in life that we all have a pivot point in our life. And the thing is, what do you do with it when you get that pivot? And so you got that pivot. It happened in your life and it just turned out to be one of the best things you said that happened to you in your life. Right. Did you say that? Yep. Yep. Definitely. And without even knowing it in the moment, you know, I just, just one of those things that when you look back and it's just like, Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's usually when it happens, especially when you give it your all. Now yes. going with speak, speaking of career, uh, you know, we like to ask all of our guests uh, same uh, certain questions so that we can let the folks understand a little bit more about you. Kind of like pulling the curtain back just a little bit yeah. and, and, and just giving the folks a glimpse. So one of the questions that we like to ask uh, the guest, and we like different ones, but in your case, this question is, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began that, cro- that coaching career back on the sideline? Yep. Yep. Um, definitely wish I would have known that I would not have a single day off um, <laughs> since starting this career. And it's it's not a negative thing, but, um, you know, you think coaching and you think, oh, they're just prepping for a game or practice. But really, the lacrosse part's probably only like 5% of our jobs. Um, I have wow. a roster of about 30 girls right now. So, mm-hmm. Um, they're all in college, you know, on their own for maybe the first time. So mm-hmm. looking out for their well-being um, and just constantly making sure they're okay because, you know, I'm not just developing cross players. I'm developing young adults um, mm-hmm. and yeah. productive <laughs> adults. So just definitely harping on that. And then, you know, it's not just those 30 girls as well. It's their inner bubble. You know, it's their right. families. It's their close mm-hmm. friends. Right, right. Um, so definitely, you know, even though I might not get a phone call about lacrosse or whatnot, I'm always constantly thinking of ways to make them better, make myself better, make them things run smoothly because a job is never done. It's ever evolving. Yes, it is. You said that right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and like you said, also, 
the the actual being on the field part that's easy because I yeah. think it's like five percent. So that leaves the other ninety five percent of you being something like uh, you probably may not like this being a house mom or something yep. like that where, where you in charge of all the girls and mm-hmm. all. And we know young people. They tend to, you know, get into some kind of trouble or maybe not trouble, but doing some things that are really uh, challenging for us adults. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and we were all there at one point as well. So it's just helping them grow and figure out life as I'm figuring out life, too. So it's we both learn from every experience. Yeah, that is amazing. And especially with you being a young coach, of course, you know, we don't want to throw your age out there. But uh, you are a young, young coach. And uh, when you play the other teams, are your coaches that you're facing, uh, are they young, young women like yourself or the older, more savvy coaches? Um, I would say most are on the older side. Um, There are, you know, coaches around my age, um, but I would say I definitely am one of the younger ones that we come across. I mean the head coach. I mean no. Yes, yeah, that. as a head coach, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that's pretty cool. And you have a staff that you work mm-hmm. with. And how many is on that staff? Um, I just uh, only have one assistant. One. Yeah. Is you and one assistant? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you no wonder you said <laughs> I wish somebody <laughs> had told me about this because <laughs> I, I don't have enough help. I got one, so I got to make sure that I manage my time and delegate uh, really, really good. Yeah, so uh, yeah. That, that is so cool. All right. So now we're going to ask another question. Actually, we got about two more. And uh, being in Young Harris here in the mountains, and when you moved here or, or when you came to do the interview, uh, my question is, uh, you know, what is it that you thought about the mountains? I know you got some Alleghenies, I think, up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, yep, you know, so, so down here, it's a little bit different in the Appalachians. So around in this area, a little small college, not big. So, but we, we got to get ready for a station break right here. We, we got to jump off in just a second. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the move you made from where you were to where you are now. So, folks, don't go away, but we'll be Right back. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. Be sure to visit our brand new website, michaelborkman.com, to access exclusive online content, including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Extreme Carolina. And we're just very, very honored and blessed today to have with us the women's head coach uh, over at Young Harris, the women's lacrosse team. She is the head coach and amazing. And they've been successful since she's been there. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But we were asking her before the break, 
that she made the move down here. I think you were at Mercer, which is in the same league as as Young Harris, or no? Um, no, they're a different division, so they're Division One, so a little better. <laughs> ah, so the head coach job, you took a step back in terms of the league. And, Correct. Uh, okay, so how did that impact you? From coming, you know, from a division one to going to a division two, is, is it any different, or you just got better players, or, or what is it? Um, it's it's extremely different, um, and I don't think one's better than the other. But um, we're a division two program, and we just don't have as many resources and as big as a staff as at a typical division one program like Mercer University. So coming here. Um, I always say I have to wear a lot of different hats mm-hmm. um, and play a lot of different roles um, instead of just focusing on lacrosse and recruiting. Um, but I, I don't see that as a negative at all um, mm-hmm. because I see it as just an opportunity to get experience with some other stuff and continue to go. learn. That is awesome. I like that. That's a great, great answer to that. But now you moved uh, here to the mountain. That's what I was starting to get at. So to this Division Two school. Uh, can, can you tell us what you felt or what was going through your mind? Although you were excited, it had to be, to be a head coach. But uh, what was going on when you when you actually moved in and got started? Um, I was excited. Um, you know, dr- driving in, um, it's beautiful, you know, coming through. I think we came through Helen um, when we first uh, drove in and, The interview went well on campus and I took the rest of the day to kind of explore, you know, had lunch on Lake Chatoog and kind of just rode around on the different neighboring towns. Um, And I I love the outdoors. I love the mountains. I love the lake. Um, So this, it it felt home pretty, pretty quick. Um, As you mentioned from Bucks County, it's more of suburba. So um, a lot more Mm -hmm. populated and busier, but I like the slower pace. I like, the neighborly feel. Um, it's just, it just felt perfect in all aspects for my career and my quality of life. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We really appreciate that. And you said from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is sort of like a really, really nice suburb of Philly, mm-hmm. but yes. Mercer. Now, how was Mercer compared to this? Mercer was very different. Uh, make We lived in the heart of Macon, Georgia. Um, so the downtown area was, um, kind of getting a facelift coming a little more hipster, I would say, um, more mom and pop shop. So I, yeah. I still, I still loved it. You know, we were able to adapt and have that city life for a year. Um, but while we were there, we liked it. But then since we've took a step back, um, mm-hmm. we kind of were able to be like, yeah, that wasn't really us. We glad we experienced it and tried it, but <laughs> you know, I, um, wasn't, yeah. wasn't as great as here. Awesome. Fantastic. Which is why you blossomed in this area because you, I guess, because of that, what you just said, you know, you were at home sort of to speak when you mm-hmm. got here. That yeah. is fantastic. Okay. Now we're going to move along. We'd like to also ask our guests another question digging into pulling the cover back and and looking a little more at Sam Hurley, the coach, the head coach. We like to ask people about reading, their reading habits. And so, Sam, what book have you read recently that had the biggest impact on you and why? 
Okay. Well, since we were in quarantine for several months, I got a lot of reading done, but I think um, the book that had the most impact on me would be You Are Worth It by Kyle Carpenter. Um, he was he was a Marine, um, you know, got a lot of accolades or I don't want to say accolades, but awards for his service mm-hmm. um, right. um, across seas. But he he goes through his story about growing up and you kind of understand why he is the way that he is um, and his personality. And he obviously touches upon his time in the war and his injuries right. that he had and his recovery, mm-hmm. but which mm-hmm. is very heroic and inspiring. But the most, the things that I took from it was more of his growing up challenges, you know, transferring mm-hmm. high schools, um, having conversations with his brothers and then when he was in the hospital how he treated the nurses and the doctors so Mm -hmm. um that that hit home maybe because i can relate to that i cannot relate going to war (laughs) um (laughs) but it it was just the way he wrote it it was just very real and very genuine and you know i was always a fan and knew his face um given his story but after reading the book just a huge fan of him as a human, as a person. Fantastic. That is great. Uh, we, we're definitely going to put that on the show notes. And that is yeah. You Are Worth It by Kyle Carpenter. We're going to put that on there so folks can go check it out. And, I, and, and But you were, um, as you said, you related to it. it. It was something that you could feel. I guess it went back to your days when you were injured uh, back in early college. And so how you re- re- recover from that? Yes. And definitely my story is not as extreme as Kyle's, um, but even just the family um, turmoils and switching schools and stuff, I mm-hmm. think it's a lot more relatable and you can at least imagine right. um, those instances. Yeah. And I guess also it would take me you know, a part of that book was saying, how well the name of it, you are worth it because i'm sure mm-hmm. at some point in your career you have had some low low lows where you said oh man this is tough i don't know if i'm going to keep this up especially with yeah. all these 25 30 girls men running behind them it's crazy but yeah. uh you dug down and found hey i could do this you know i am worth it so uh that, that's fantastic i can see how you relate to that book very well and uh, okay, and we're gonna keep it going. And here's a good one. I love this one right here because it it fits right in what we're talking about. Sam, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar as yours? Um, I would say that you're gonna be the unsung hero in somebody's story. So, as a coach or as a teacher, someone in that field um, who's dealing with developing young people um you're very rarely going to get the praise or the recognition that you may want or need or think that you deserve nice. um uh-huh. and if you're in that profession you know you don't really you might not need it or think that you deserve it you know that's you're kind of humbled and that's right. not why we do the job that we do but right. i mean we're humans you know some yeah, <laughs> uh some praise would be nice every now and then but <laughs> Um, but just my advice would be just because you might not get those words of thank you, Mm -hmm. um, or that pat on the back, it doesn't mean that you're not making a difference. And that pat on the back and that thank you may come 
five years after they graduate or after, you know, they're out under your guidance mm-hmm. and you will get that phone call and, or you will just see, you know, for me, a student athlete, you know, yeah. they've graduated for five years Fantastic. and yeah. th- they're in a healthy relationship. They have the job that they want. And that's the thank you that I like, you oh, know, right. um, just seeing them be successful and take those life lessons that you help them get through. Um, be applied is is all you really need. That is fantastic. I have folks coming from the head coach of the lacrosse team, women's lacrosse team over at Young Harris. Now, we, we're rounding down. Man, I wish we had more time. But we got just enough time to get in a quick uh, quick answer and a quick uh, quick question and quick answer. Okay. And, and this one is this. What do you believe that most folks don't? I would say that something good comes out of everything. Um, I think that's a pretty common saying or quote, but I also don't think a lot of people truly believe that in their darkest moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've, in my young years of living, um, short years of living, (laughs) you know, I've been through some things and I really truly think that I, I believe that I'm a very optimistic person and that there's a lesson to be learned in every experience. Wow. And you're right. Most folks don't believe that. Most folks don't believe that failing just give you an opportunity to succeed. And mm-hmm. uh, so you have to believe that. So thank you for that answer. We appreciate that. But as I said, we're up against the clock. My goodness, I was having so much fun. This is so <laughs> good. And, and with the head coach over here, and we're just so grateful and thankful. But we got to get ready to get out of here. But before okay. we do, before we do, we like to have a quote of the week. And you guys know we do, and I know you love to hear it. So we got another one this week. But today, we're going to have our guest, head coach Samantha Hurley, to say our quote of the week before we come, before we turn off. So, Samantha, would you give it to us? It's by Coach Sweeney, the head coach of Clemson football. And it is, if there's truly hope in the future, there's power in the present. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> that guy's a winner, too. So so we're going to yes. take that and mark that down. But anyway, as we said, we're up against the clock. We got to get out of here, folks. Thank you, folks. We really appreciate it. So ultimately, Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers that are passionate, just like Sam here, and uh, purpose-driven and making a difference by listening to the their stories. Extreme Carolina listeners will have an opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. Folks, we've enjoyed it. Thanks for being here. Sam, thank you very much, Ed Coates, for being here. We appreciate it. And, thank you, Michael. Uh, well, it's my pleasure. So, all right, everyone, you guys take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And God bless everybody. Peace. We out.